Hello and welcome to Tight Ends, an NFL fantasy football podcast based out of the UK. We're here better late than never this week. Uh, I'm Flem, GM of the Benali Ballbags and one half of the normal uh, hosting duo who do this pod. But sadly, Fitz, our commissioner, is not here this week. He's away having some lovely spa time with his wife. Uh, so instead, we are joined, as ever, by one of our regular contributors, Lino. <laughs> Of the Reading Renegade. How you doing, Lionel? I'm alright, thanks. I honestly think that music is the best part of my season so far. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, we'll, we'll, we'll get on to it. It's not been great. And um, no. especially especially this week, um, to, to kind of make things go even worse. But one man who certainly that can't be said about is GM of the Bearsden Grizzlies, who's with us this week, Mr. Barry Rankin. <laughs> How you doing, pal? All right, I'm seriously considering trading in my winning record for a better theme tune. <laughs> to be honest with you. Well, that's the thing. You did um, actually, you did actually message me on the uh, on the WhatsApp group this week and went, "Look, Lino's changed this tune. Can I not change mine?" Uh, and the honest answer was, "No, you can go and fuck no. yourself." <laughs> in fact, I think what no, I said it's you... really bloody hard trying to find a song about bears. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, honestly, were... it was—it's was, it was, it was, this or Teddy Bear's Picnic. I mean, I don't well, know which one I was going to choose. Well, you—you you were one moment away from getting the Care Bears theme tune, um, oh, nice. and possibly the Gummy Bears theme tune. But you know, at least that's kind of cool. But no, we're stuck with that. But anyway, thanks, guys. We've got loads and loads to get through this week, um, especially in relation to the uh, fantasy league because it was the last week of the regular season. But as is always the case, let's start off this week with our regular section. What three things? Sorry, 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 Lionel. I pressed the wrong button there. What am I doing? Shit, what am I doing? This is what three things. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't even know how that uh, how that sound got onto my soundboard. No, I'm, it is. You know, it's bad when you're being trolled by a Scottish uh, person <laughs> when it comes to football. Comes to football, but uh, to be honest, I think that World Cup moment made me realise just how much I love American football. Because uh, <laughs> all that went all that went through my mind was when Kane missed that penalty. Is what implications are they going to have that for Spurs? Uh, he's going to want to transfer now all this sort of stuff to the point where I was lying wide awake in, in bed and my wife asked me what's up and really wish she hadn't asked me <laughs> <laughs> excellent I tell you what you do need though being what? honest is you need a Scottish manager you know I mean I'm available yeah. if you want like you know I think that well, just pushes top, over the top top of the table ranking I'll push them over the fucking edge mate <laughs> <laughs> maybe right Been anyway what three, what three things um, Barry let's start with you mate what do you want to go on about all right, okay. So we have talked about the Eagles a couple of times um, this 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 season, but let's let's stay on the hype train with 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 the, with the, the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. You know, MVP favorite. Still see him evolve into a big time top level quarterback. Hurts keeps around the edge and bends it back down, fighting for the end zone. What a run! 
Okay, so Jalen Hurts, number five ranked QB in the league right now. Yep. Uh, dual threat, passing, running. Interesting thing, he's only on a $1.6 million contract. And part of the reason that the Eagles are the monster that they are is the amount of cap space they've got because of his contract, which means they can protect him, they can add weapons like an A.J. Brown, as an example. Yeah. So the question is, when he comes up for unrestricted free agency in 2024, right? Do you pay him and keep him, or do you trade him? I've got a couple of thoughts about this, and it kind of leads on a lot of what I was saying last week about QBs in general in the NFL. And uh, Lionel, you were on last week, weren't you, Barry? You weren't, but it'd be interesting to get your thoughts because it kind of leads on to that as well. I'm not saying we're in a QB drought just now. Mm-hmm. But in reality, when you look at all the quarterbacks that are in the league just now and look at who the quarterback starters are going to be next year, there's maybe half at most, I would say, are absolute guarantees to be the quarterbacks for next season. Now, there might be a bit of movement. There might be a bit of movement you know, here and there. And, and Fitz even came up saying, look, well, you know, Rogers might go into free agency and all that kind of stuff. And I just don't see him going anywhere else. For me, he's either Packers or nowhere. Um, but uh, in, in my view, you pay him. Okay? In my view, he has been one of the main reasons why the Eagles have been so great this year. Um, there's the risk it could be a flash in the pan, of course. Absolutely. But we've got 2023 to sort that out uh, to make sure that it's not. But, you know, in my mind, he has been one of the main reasons why the Eagles have been flying so okay. high this season. Don't know what Lionel thinks. Um, uh, are we slightly looking at through fantasy rose uh, tinted lenses? Obviously, oh, don't, 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 awful, don't get me wrong. I can guarantee fantasy. Awful lot of fantasy points. Yeah. And also, um, I can guarantee that Barry's yeah. about to give me a lecture about about the economics of it all and why my answer is so fucking stupid. But please, carry yeah. on. <laughs> but I, I, I just, he, he's been fantastic. He stepped in. He was he was never... He was drafted when, obviously, uh, uh, Wentz was supposed to be the franchise quarterback. And he, he's, he's taken the taking his opportunity it reminds me a bit of that Prescott stepping in earlier than expected or yeah yeah all that kind of stuff and I, I sometimes I think some people earn their luck or again you go back to uh Brady taking his chance when obviously he was a late draft pick etc so I I think he's he's doing extremely well to your point is it a one season wonder is it oh he was good towards the end of last season I'll give him that uh and yeah I I think he's uh if I was a Philadelphia Eagles fan, I'd be expecting him to be our QB for for quite some time. And so, yes, to oh, your point, I would would consider him to be paid. But he's got he's he's not on Patrick Mahomes level getting paid. That's no. so. He's Barry's got Barry's about to, be, Barry's about to tell us why this, this is all so about. Two idea. two additional points I want to make before we come to conclusion. So you're both saying pay him, pay, put the names in the jerseys. The kids are all going to want him. Bums on seats. Yeah. Is it about Cam Newton? Right? Now let's look at this logically. The last ten Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, none of them were in the top five paid QBs in any year. Right? The average market value according to Sport Track, right, is forty five million dollars to pay Jalen Hurts. Damn, son, where'd to, you find to this? To be clear. Stafford, twenty million last year with a back weighted contract. 
Brady in 2020 was the most highly paid on 28 million. He's actually dropped this year. Yeah. Mahomes in 2019, 1.9 million. Brady in 2018, 15 million. Foles in 2017, 4 million with Wentz at 1.6. Brady at 13 million in 2016. Peyton Manning at 19 million in 2015. Note, his brother Eli was making 37 million the same yeah, season. Yeah. 2014, Brady 19. 2013, Wilson 526. Thousand dollars, five hundred twenty-six thousand dollars, and Flacco in 2012 was six point seven. So there is only one QB in the last twenty years that's made over twenty million dollars in the season. They have won the Super Bowl, and that was Tom Brady. And we all know how many players that Leonard Fournette took a contract drop to play with him. So I go back to the question: Would you pay Jalen Hurts forty-five million dollars going forward? First of all, the most amazing thing I found with that was you see Mahomes one point nine million. He was in his rookie contract. Jesus. Is that all it yeah. was? That's amazing. Right. Okay. I'll flip the question to you. Do you pay Jalen Hurts $45 million? If you don't, who do you pay for a lesser sum? It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a difficult one. But statistically, no one has ever won a QB, a, a one Super Bowl with a high-ranked uh, QB contract on the basis you just can't be protected. No, unless it's a massive, massive, massive jump in the um, salary cap, which I think is what the Chiefs have done. They've back-weighted Mahomes' contract, which means in theory, it, Mahomes is only earning $20 million this year. Right? That's why Mahomes is who he is. He actually accelerates to 30 next year, so he'll be in a tougher spot. So fundamentally, my answer is no. I, I do everything I can to win a Super Bowl this year. I believe the Eagles' window is this year, and that's it. Yeah. And if they don't win it, you put them on the trade block and you get the maximum amount for him. Um, draft picks you know, uh, maybe a lower tier QB, whatever, you protect the rest of the team. I, I, I just wouldn't keep him because the economics don't make sense in any way, shape or form. And I want to just give you one final note on this before I want to hear from Lionel is 2022, right? High paid QB, Stafford, 60 million. What are the Rams doing? Second highest QB, Wilson, 57 million. What are they doing? Watson, 46 million. Cousins, 40 million. So Cousins is the exception to the rule. And the other exception to the rule is Josh Allen on 46 million. Yeah. So Josh Allen is the exception to the rule so far, but I'm making a prediction right now. Bills and the Vikings can't win the Super Bowl. Are we just saying then that QBs are overpaid? It's not about QBs overpaid. It is you. If you look at the list, with the exception of Brady, everyone gets paid after they win a QB, uh, win a Super Bowl. Flacco got his contract the year after. Wilson yeah. got the contract two years after. Foles was on 12, 12 million the year after he won a Super Bowl. So you're, you're getting paid as a QB for success. The trick is when you think you found a franchise QB, like a Prescott, for example, they get paid. But once they get paid, you're draining money from elsewhere. And so, so fundamentally, my, my argument is, is that my GM hat on, you just, you just don't do it. And I'm, I've looked at every single year for the last 10 years, the top five paid QBs, and none of them, none of them got it done. Hmm. It's a good one, mate. That is. It's a really good one. It's a really interesting one. Um, and I suppose it's all about finding the right guys at the right time, really, isn't it? More than anything else. Yeah. Lionel, no, would you change your mind, or are you sticking with pain, hurts, and <sighs> bums on seats? Um, it's got to be... You, you talk about the, the Josh Allen contract. I think that's... Is he better... I don't know. Is he going to be better than Josh Allen? That's that's the debate. What's he done in a a, a clutch game one, a playoff game when they're... If, I don't know. I think a lot depends on how he performs in the playoffs. If they're yeah. in a really tight game and he... Does the I don't know the two minute drill or drive down the field and wins a game like that? That to me is is priceless. We talked about Brady earning obviously a good money, um, 
than being one of the highest paid in what, what you said that listed. But obviously, he's, well, he's never built, been in top five apart from one no, year. Which I, which I found staggering. I think. Yeah. Like, and then someone said to me, well, he earns, I know, his endorsement, his, obviously, his wife uh, wasn't a uh, stay at home mum. She probably had, probably had as much wealth as he did. So you think to yourself, actually, he wanted to build his legacy. And then knowing off the back of the legacy and what, what's going to, if he's, I don't know, he is the greatest of all time. He set all the records and all that kind of stuff. He's always going to have a fantastic uh, uh, opportunity to be a commentator, all that kind of stuff. He's never going to be He's got contract waiting yeah. for him to do that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's never going to be. He's like Michael Jordan. He's going to hang around well well beyond his playing time and still be relevant. Uh, so maybe he's thinking, yeah, I don't need to earn, I know, maximize what I know. Like Derek Carr was at one point the highest paid uh, quarterback in the league, which yeah. I, I, which I, which I do not, I, I wish I had his, his agent negotiating for everything <laughs> that I did. Because that, 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 that to me is just ridiculous. I think, I think also we were saying it, it needs to come down to the GM getting the right balance. You know that if you're getting paid, I'm going to see weird things say, what's the difference between paid? I don't know. 25 million and 35 million what difference is your life if but if you can earn 25 million and win the super bowl and become a i don't know a, 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 a hall of fame or whatever you're going to have a surely you're going to reap the benefits later on in life so yeah that my, my view is it's uh, i think the thing the point would be is it's, it's it's the greedy mentality of the majority of career he he earned between 13 and 19 million dollars he took an acceleration when he went to the butts, but the salary cap had increased by that point. But he's a team first winner. You know, he doesn't have the best arm talent, but he is the best leader. He is the best winner. That's what we're paying him for. So when you compare, and you compare him, even Patrick Mahomes, if you look at Patrick Mahomes' contract, it's completely back-weighted. So his, his, last year and this year, he was on sub $20 million. So he was taking a team first approach to Andy Reid. Yes, it accelerates later, but the expectation is the salary cap's going to go up. Right. Yeah. So, so, so fundamentally, you know, is is it in the interest of you know Baltimore Ravens, for example, to pay Lamar Jackson? You know, this is a a defense first team. You look at the San Francisco 49ers, They have the number one defense defense in the league. I'm going to talk about it later. But fundamentally, Jimmy G. Now you've got you know Purdy coming in doing a great job. To your point, if you're a GM and you want to bounce squads, are there better ways to bounce squads? So really good I'm idea. saying no, you don't pay him and you run out this season, you throw everything, all the chips in and then next year you put him on the trade block and think about this, you're offering this man a $1.9 million salary for 2023 for a one-year free agency, whatever. What title contender is not going to throw the kitchen sink at that? Like They're going to throw pick after pick after pick after pick, maybe some players against that for your future, of your, of your, I mean, if the, if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, you get rid of them instantaneously. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. That's my one anyway, thing. Good one, mate. No, really good one. I think we could go on for hours in that one, to be honest, and we kind of already have. But, uh, but no, a really interesting one. Lino, let's come to you, mate. What's your one thing this week? Oh, it's very different. Um, so playoffs, all right, playoffs are coming up. So the question to you, if you could go to a playoff game, so a, a, a really important game, uh, what stadium would you want to watch it? Or what team, what home game would you want to watch it in? You mean just for this playoffs or, or NFL a, a, in, in, uh, in a, general? A must-win playoff game at any time in NFL history. doesn't matter who's playing, but what ground, where would you want to watch it? For me... Baz. Well, no. Okay, yeah, very yeah, good. Go Baz, you go first, mate. Um, I mean, I'm biased. I've been to an NFL playoff game. Um, 
So uh, it's just two answers to this question. One is, where's the best support going to be? For me, yep. Seattle is the loudest. It's freaking insane. The other benefit of, of Seattle is it's right in the city. So you can have an amazing pre-game and a, a fantastic after-game. And even if they lose, you've got the city ready to go. So from a fan perspective, it's there. From a stadium perspective, it's a toss-up between the SoFi and the Allegiant. And I would err towards the Allegiant on the basis of location, like right next to the city. Raiders yeah. fans are insane. So it's a toss-up for me between uh, Lumen Field, which is Seattle Seahawks, and uh, the Allegiant for the Raiders. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm kind of a toss up too, but between two to- totally different ones, um, the new Viking Stadium, which is insane, you know, it just looks utterly, utterly, utterly insane. You know, the roof that they've got on it—it's all mm. it, it just looks like just an incredible, incredible place to play sport. But then the total flip of the coin of that, Lambo. I knew you were going to say that. I, you knew, I mean, it's so obvious. You know, you talked about you know middle of the city. Lambeau Field is Green Bay. Like there's there's, yeah. there's 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 fuck all else in the town. It's it's all that's there, um, and you know you go in and it's metal benches and you know the old bleachers and all that kind of stuff. But what you're going for is you're going for the tailgates. You're going for uh, mm. you know all that kind of stuff. Um, if I could go and see a playoff match at Lambeau in minus eight with a massive <laughs> jacket, snow, gloves, hat, scarf. I'd be fucking delighted. I think that would be amazing. Do you know why I didn't say Lambo? And, and and I think you've got a great point there. Is I think from a nostalgia point of view, like that's the one. But yeah. and I say that as a Bears fan, um, the reality is that if if they lose, it would be the worst place on earth to be stuck. Yeah. And also, <laughs> you know, don't don't get me wrong. I also do get the feeling that it would be I'll be amazing. I'll be I'll be so happy. But I reckon if it's like a six-three match midway through the third quarter, your arse is cold. You know, I'd, I'd probably change my mm. mind very quickly. <laughs> Lionel, well, what about you, for, for me, they're a team I, I really, for whatever reason, have never warmed to. But Arrowhead Stadium, go see the uh, let's say the Kaiser Chiefs. Uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> go, go see the Kansas uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, that Kansas would be the City team. Kaiser Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. That that would be the, that would be the team that I'd, I'd that'd be where I'd want to go. I remember the playoff games uh, there were phenomenal and it was the game where obviously going back to Brady where he, he he won his last Super Bowl for the Patriots when he when he went down there and won. I thought that was a, a, such an impressive atmosphere. It was so hostile. Not in a I know Fenerbahce Galatasaray type hostile, but just yeah. a really um really intimidating place to go. And that that to me was was absolutely <laughs> spot on. But I I know favourite place to visit in the US is New York. I wouldn't want to go to MetLife Stadium. It just doesn't no. really appeal to me. It's not um, even in New York. Yeah. I appreciate it's in, in New Jersey. Uh, but yeah, that, that's something. So for me, yeah, Arrowhead would be where I'd much want to go to see a game. But uh, I'll, respect, I'll, yeah. I think it's a, a great show. I think all, all five stadiums are viable options. Like, you, yeah. you're mm-hmm. excited to go to any I, I love I love the shout line. I'll throw a curveball at you, which is, is Philadelphia. Like, I, I've, I've spent, my, I went to my, Philadelphia to start my honeymoon. Uh, basically, the first two three days before we we travel somewhere else, and that city's amazing. Like it's yeah. got elements of Chicago and New York in it. Uh, it's it's easier to manage, but those sports sports fans are mental. Like they mm-hmm. are like properly bipolar. Like if if they're on your back, they are on your back. If they're on your side, they're so loud. Yeah, I sort of almost mm-hmm. have like a playoff game at the link, like with it all on on the line, like the championship game. That would be absolutely insane. Mad, it really yeah. would be. Mm-hmm. The one thing I will say, one thing I will say, is one place that's definitely not going to make my list. 
FedEx, Washington. So that was that was my next question. Where do you that either there or Jackson, Jackson there or Jacksonville would be the two that I wouldn't want to go to. Well, I mean, what Washington? A, it's a shithole, and it's not even in Washington; it's in Maryland, you know, obviously. Um, and uh, just, nah, it just, just looks horrendous, to be honest. I mean, don't get me wrong; I'm a Hearts fan. It's going to piss on Tynecastle, but but at the same time, <laughs> no, you wouldn't. No, I would. FedEx would be my bottom of the list, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. nice one, mate. Really appreciate that. That's a, that's a really good, nice, a good different one. one. I like that one. Really good, different one. Um, I'm going to get on my angry soapbox this week, uh, since Fitz isn't here. Uh, and my one thing is this. Oh, it's Harry Kane! Oh fuck! I've done it again. Oh, sorry, mate. Really sorry. 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 My finger keeps on slipping on that button. No, more serious note. My one thing is this. Either guy takes him. That's always the worst case scenario for a quarterback. Protect my inside, let the edges go, because then I can have something. But when the guy right over the top of you, let's see if that leg gets bent underneath. Mm-hmm. He does get slammed to the ground by Roquan Smith. Yeah, now maybe not entirely clear what that what that clip is about, but uh, it goes down to the Steelers Ravens game at the weekend, and uh, Kenny Pickett, uh, who started his QB for uh, Pittsburgh. Um, left the game at the end of like the Steelers' first drive. He got absolutely mullered by Rokan Smith. Uh, good tackle, but his head hit off the ground absolutely horrendously. Everyone could see it. It went on the replays. The back of his head just snapped back, and he, and he, and he hit it really, really badly. Now, what happened? He got sent to the medical tent, got evaluated for a con- concussion, and then was immediately cleared and sent back out on the field. Next drive, he handed the ball off twice, threw an incomplete pass, and then got pulled because he was all over the place. He was absolutely all over the place. And he got ruled out for the rest of the game due to a concussion. And the head coach said afterwards he got pulled off at that point because he only became symptomatic um, of a concussion at that point. Which begs the question, what the fuck is the NFL concussion protocol all about? Okay, it's been put in place and it's been updated and it's got all these things because they're really worried about head injuries. They've got independent neuro- neurologists taking them off, making sure they get uh, checked. But, uh, you know, the, the check took five, six minutes and they've just gone, oh, yeah, you're fine again. Go out. Despite the fact everyone had seen he'd been absolutely battered. Um, now, you hope it was just a mistake. But, you know, what they came back and said was, oh, well, it was a delayed reaction. Well, look, I'm not a neurologist, but if you've been battered on the head, it's not always going to be an immediate reaction. It can be like a delayed reaction. It could take forever. The NFL are being like FIFA. They are being like world rugby has done so badly and not giving a shit about the players and not giving a shit about their long-term viability and long-term health and just going, nah, fuck it, we'll send it back on. And I find it really frustrating that three sports that I love, you still in the World Cup with that Iranian goalkeeper, you know, absolutely battered and there's no doubt about yeah. it, he should have been off straight away you know, there's people in the crowds who should have been sending him off but but they're not going and you know, three of my favourite sports there's real questions to be asked about what the governing bodies are doing to protect the players long term because to me it's just all lipstick, it's just all smoke and mirrors and they're not really doing anything about it at all as you can tell, I feel quite passionate about this, and, uh, and, and it's really, really, it's really, really irked me. I don't know if you guys saw the injury or anything like that. Yes, I, I did. I didn't realise he'd come back on so hmm. so soon. I, I saw he was out, or Mitch Trubisky was in, and I know 
nobody wants to, Mitch Trubisky to be their quarterback. Um, but in, in, all, in all seriousness, it looked bad. Um, but you say they're independent. Um, this, I, I don't know what the answer is. I've, I've seen it in football, uh, Premier League football. I've seen it. I know they've introduced concussion substitution. But and I, we saw it with the Iranian goalkeeper at the World Cup. He was one of their star players. They don't want him off the pitch. Uh, and we, I think, saw it with Martinez recently in Newcastle Aston Villa, where they they tried and then he made a save and then just couldn't get back up after that. And yeah, it's uh, it's not nice. But um, I, I I think what they have to your point on paper is 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 correct. It's independent. They go into the tent. They try and keep. I know no one else is allowed to go in there with them. They're doing something, but I don't know if somebody isn't showing symptoms and then has a delayed reaction. I, I, I don't know what you can or can't do. I suppose um, the, 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 the 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 flip side of it as well is, you know, and and I will see. Um, what the NFL have just done the last couple of days is they've handed out massive fines. I think Cam Jordan of New Orleans got one. Massive fines for allegedly faking injuries as well to take injury timeouts. And they're really, really clamping down on that as well. So the fear is that, look, where's the middle ground going to be here mm. between actually looking after these guys and these guys going, well, I, I can't pretend I'm hurt because I'm really worried I'm going to get fined half a million dollars or something like that. Baz, don't know if you've got any thoughts, mate. Uh, it's, it's a, I mean, I don't think there's a black and white answer to this. I mean, at the first thing, let's think of the game, you know, like rugby, you're talking about guys who want to put their body on the line for their team. You know, they, they feel a responsibility to the other 52 men in the squad. They want to win. They want to do it for the fans. They want to do it for their contracts, whatever. You know, they're going to try like a fighter to get up off the canvas if, if they're struggling, right? Yeah. So you've, you've got, we've got to deal with that fighting mentality. The second thing is that, you know, when you go into the tent, Yes, the independent medical staff are there, as you say, Flem, but the team doctor is also there. Yeah. So, so the question is, is, is that the issue? That having a team doctor there present means that you can't be looking at purely impartial medical advice. The interest of the team will be represented. In some cases, David Patrick and Holmes, they're going to go, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Protect the golden egg. But if you're on a low contract, low salary, and you're like, hey, prove yourself. Ah, I think he's all right. Let's go see him prove himself. You know, I think the issue is it comes down to the human error. You know, you can't have the same person in the tent for every game. So the game observations can't always be applied. And then the team will always go in with not an agenda, but a perspective on how much punishment that player can take, what they want to see from that player. Yeah. You know, do they have enough drive, blah, blah, blah. And then there is the element of in the protocol, it does say worsening symptoms can result in a second evaluation. So it, it is built into the protocol. The question you're asking is, does it go far enough? Are they protecting the players? The fundamental issue for me is that if the NFL steps in and says, hey, if I see a hit that looks serious and I consider it to be a head injury, they are then materially affecting the outcome of the game by putting your player into a protocol in a very kind of um, dogmatic way, which is saying, nope, you've hit the criteria, off you go. So I think it's a fine line of some teams would com- complain about it for being put into protocol they don't agree with fundamentally. Mm-hmm. So, so I think it goes back to that fact that you're saying it's a meat grinder. Uh, the teams want to win. So if their, their QB or their best player ends up in a situation, they're going to try and get back up the field. So yeah. uh, are they taking advantage of players? Yeah. But, but I, I don't quite know how you address it considering it's a game where you hit each other with pads and helmets off the ground. Like I, I kind of don't see like what, what, what would be the rule you would apply for them to improve it. And that's the thing. I, 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 yeah, I don't know. 
I, I, I go back to the you know the big campaigns that were going over here, which I'm a big supporter of. The if and doubts that I'm out, you know, which, which they've really brought in 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 the UK in rugby after you know a horrible story about a young guy in, in Northern Ireland who died after you know concussion protocols just weren't looked after looked at, at all, and he got you know three major head injuries in the one game and never never came round again. Um, and and you're right. There's there, there's a balance, but. At, at the end of the day, it's a it's a job, and it's a job which is entertaining. And you're right, and it's a job where they knock ten bells of shit out of each other. But my my concern is always that player welfare is not at the top of the tree. That more concerns about commercial aspects or whatever are at the top of the tree. And maybe I'm just being an, an annoying old cynic uh, in relation to that. And yeah, it's always going to be that way because it's money, baby, and that's all that matters. But I do worry. Um, especially as, as as time goes on, and to be honest, guys are just going to get bigger, and the hits are going to get worse. Um, where the where the line draws, I don't have an answer. I wish I did, but and I'll, and I'll tell you this though: like this, this, this. So for anyone who's not from Britain, here's like how crazy it can get. So in in the UK, the Scottish FA who managed Scottish football mm-hmm. have basically issued out heading protocol. So okay, it's not to be concussion, but it's going to repetitive. Uh, impact on your head you are physically not allowed to do any heading practice three days before your game yeah right they have brought this in to minimize the impact on your brain because the studies show that these uh, players are more prone to um, impact in that area whether it's you know mental illness whether it is alzheimer's whether it is you know brain damage the link is very clear so they're reducing that so to your point you could be a lot more prescriptive yeah yeah you're quite right. Anyway, look, that's a thoroughly depressing thing. I've never really had a depressing thing on this before. So um shall I shall I put a funny clip on? Sure. Oh, oh it's Harry Kane! Hey! Cannot answer the call! Hey! How'd And that concludes this week's What Three Things. I've got my dog sitting next to me and she's actually singing along with what three things. I never thought I'd see the day. Right. Um, It's been a big week in the ASFL Fantasy League. It's the last week of the regular season. So let's have a rundown of exactly what happened. Yes, and as I say, final week of the regular season, and importantly, pretty much every match had something on the line. Uh, we start off with Barry's Bears Den Grizzlies, uh, who beat the Byfleet Sharks in a really, really close high-scoring encounter, 240 points to 224. The Ockingain Alligators pick up another win, uh, beating the normally high-scoring OBS Wolfpack, 178 to 162. Uh, Fitz's Chiltern Stallions uh, beat the Essex Musketeers 183 points to 159 points, but the important match of the week, the decider to see who made the final playoff spot between my Bobags and Lionel's Renegades. As you can probably tell already, it was a Bobags win 
206 points to 164. So what does that mean for us at the end of the regular season? Well, what it means is that the Bearsden Grizzlies with a 12-2 finish top of the league at the end of the regular season. The Chiltern Stallions move up to second place and get the second by spot with a 9-5. The OBS Wolfpack, Bifleet Sharks and Benali Ballbags make up third, fourth and fifth place. And it's actually the Essex Musketeers who ended up with the last playoff space. They were guaranteed it, but they go below the Ballbags uh, with a 6-8 record. The Ockingain Alligators have come off the bottom of the league. They've not made the playoffs, but they are bo- uh, They are off the bottom of the league with a 4-10, which means, Lionel, your Reading Renegades finish bottom of the lot. A 4-10 record as well, but a worse head-to-head record. How does Terrible. that make you feel, mate? Uh, nearly as bad as the Kane penalty. <laughs> nearly as bad. Right, the... <laughs> It sounds ridiculous, I'm about to say. I'd like to think I had a better season than the Alligators. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I, I mean, the fact that I, I just nearly, got, nearly got, got into what, the playoffs. What, what evidence do you have to prove that? What evidence? That at least I had something to play for at some, <laughs> on the last game. That's what you want. Uh, uh, beautiful, beautiful. Right, let's get into uh, the matches, shall we? Human. Uh, right. Um, first match, which decided uh, very much uh, who got the second buy spot, which is the Eskets Musketeers against the Chiltern Stallions. The Stallions needed a win to be guaranteed of that second spot, and the win they got by 183 points to 159 points. Now, Fitz is obviously um, enjoying it so much he's decided to take the week off because he thinks he deserves it, but he did call in to his own voicemail this week. Let's hear what he had to say. Please your name and phone number after the beep. We will return your call. Paul Radden of the Musketeers. The Musketeers. Mm, you're the Musketeers. You're 0-4 against my Chilton Stallions, baby. 0-4! I mean, that's quite pathetic. <laughs> yeah. he's, he say, he says he's 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 um, enjoyed a very lovely spa weekend away with his with his wife through the centre parks. You know that's not a spa that's weekend. Centre parks. parks. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it's not and it's not cheap either. No, it is not cheap at all. I, and I and I and I should know that. I've I've been there quite a few times. But listen, you know what he's done is he's got himself the second spot. Um, he's pushed the Essex Musketeers down into sixth. Um, so they've they've ended up with the last playoff spot. Um, look, not not a lot to say really in that one. You know, I mean, he'll be happy. He's got the extra week off. He's 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 battered the Musketeers. Um, what that means is that the Musketeers um, are going to play the Wolfpack uh, in the first round of the playoffs. Now we'll come on to our predictions later on, but um, you know, I do think that that loss by Paul to get against the Wolfpack, as opposed to it might have been the Sharks, is probably going to hurt him quite a bit. Do you think, guys? Oh, if you're going to win it, you got to beat everyone. I mean, you'd know that, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. I, I, I'm <laughs> delighted. I, I'm absolutely delighted because yeah. the outcome of that game meant that I missed the Stallions and I missed the Musketeers. I, I can only meet them in the final. Yeah. And the Musketeers are my bogey team this season. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty happy with that, to be honest with you. Plus, we get to call Paul the Musketeers now because he still can't have a winning record. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, despite he's forever fact- doomed to be a mouse. Is despite the fact he had two first round picks, he still ends up with a six and eight record. Um, uh, pretty, uh, uh, pretty uh, shocking. I'd say that. I'd, 
I'd take six and eight. <laughs> <laughs> You'd take that with... <laughs> You'd take that with bells on. Right, game number two. Um, and the one you're going to hate hearing about as well, Lino, apart from our one, the Ockingain Alligators beat the OBS Wolfpack, which is probably the biggest turn-up for the books, which meant that he pulled himself off the bottom of the league. Um, let's hear what Broadwood had to say this week. It's all over. Yeah, he didn't actually phone in. I just wanted to play that clip again. <laughs> it's all over. It's all over. It's all over. Yeah, it's still brilliant. <laughs> I just had to make sure. I just had to make sure. Um, so... Uh, so yeah, look, he, he's act, he actually got himself another win. He's he's won he's won what two out of his last three, which is which is quite phenomenal to get himself off the bottom of the league. Uh, and as I say, um, what that's done is that it ruined the Wolfpack's chance of a buy as well, which you know none of us none of us were expecting. I've just realised actually, Paul from the Mouseketeers has actually phoned in. He's just phoned in this very second and I managed to upload it. So let's hear what Paul from the Mouseketeers had to say about his loss to the Stallions. Hey guys, GM Paul of the Essex Musketeers here. We'll skim over my abysmal loss this week because the playoffs are here and I am in it. So objective complete for this season, qualify for the playoffs. With regards to who's going to win this year, obviously it's tough. Uh, First of all, credit to Barry uh, of the Bearsden Grizzlies top of the table after the regular season uh, with an 11-2 and two record. Hmm, I wonder who his two defeats were. Mm. <laughs> well, anyway, I have a feeling that Senor Nick of the Sharks is going to be the dark horse of the tournament. Um, if he can actually get off the golf course and make sure he's fielding a full squad, I think he's he's the man. So for me, Nick. Interesting. Mm. I mean, very interesting. I, I hadn't actually heard that. I just loaded it straight up. So, um, you know, interesting. He, he's, he's going to go down that line and, and glossing over everything. Look, you're right. He is in the playoffs and he's never made the playoffs before. He's won more matches than he ever has done before. Um, so so that's all that's all good. And, and, you know, well done to him. The one thing I would say about, you know, particularly about the Alligators, which I'm really, really disappointed about. Yeah, look, they've, they're, they're out the playoffs now and they're not even the wooden spoon. But, um, it means the kind of alligator baiting on this show week by week, you know, is going to really disappear a little bit, and that makes me sad. Yeah, it's a shame, but yeah. you know, it's quiet. It's quite it peaceful. is quiet, isn't it? Yeah, it's been very quiet recently. He um, did. He, he only sent one victorious gif as well, I think. Yeah. So yeah, I must, I must check in on him just to make sure he's doing all right. Eh. That would make sense. Well, he did. He did kind of spaz out when England get knocked out of the World Cup, and he went absolutely yeah. mental on a gifathon, uh, which lasted yeah. about five whoa, hours. Whoa, whoa, so whoa, I think whoa, he came. Whoa, 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 whoa! Did England get knocked out of the World Cup? Did they? Yeah, yeah. We, were, we were. We were. We were in it. Hold on. Hold on a second. Let me just check. Oh, it's Harry Kane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. They did, didn't they? Yeah, forgot about that. Um, right. Um, next up is um, you. Barry, um, against the Byfleet Sharks, the dark horse Byfleet Sharks, according to 
um, according to Paul. Uh, another victory. You keep on seeming to eke these out, but this is a, a bit of a different one because you were the top scorers of the week, 240 um, mm. against 224 uh, against the Bifleet Sharks. Again, Luke, Nick's going to be furious. He was the second highest scorer of the week and, and lost his match, which is always, as we know, absolutely gutting. Nick phoned into the voicemail. Did he? He's pissed yeah. last night. Yeah, Nick phoned into the voicemail. Do you want to hear what Nick had to say? Not really. Yeah. Well, here he goes. Gonna go out and play some golf, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go out and play some golf. My golf bag's full of the latest stuff. I'm gonna go out and play some golf. My putter alone was a thousand bucks. I'm gonna go out and suck it gone. Yeah, I'm fucking kidding. There's no way you bloody phoned in. Come on. I, I, I actually, I, I saw, I saw Nick this week, and uh, actually could have got my phone underneath his uh, thing and press record, but I missed missed opportunity. But he yeah. was looking, he, he, he was looking well, and he was he was telling people he does NFL fantasy. He was very proud that he did NFL fantasy. So yeah, we're not. He's not ashamed of us. Oh well. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I assume none of his friends listen to this. Then <laughs> send it. We'll, we'll send it around the office, Lionel. Send it around the office. <laughs> Stealth on day one. Uh, on day one of his day one of day day one of Nick's new job. Yeah, but look, actually, yeah. look, look, Paul makes it. Oh, is that Paul public now? Is it his new job? Uh, well, it is now. It is oh, now. I don't know about that. I know you might let the cat out of the bag there. Uh, no, no, it was, it, it was all uh, it was all announced and stuff. So yeah, it's uh, okay. yeah, okay. he's uh, as, as, long, as long as I'm going to get into two p difficulties okay. straight away, that's that's all right. Yeah. But listen, hey, Barry, I, I, was, I was I was I was quite I didn't think I was going to win this week, but uh, I was happy to win. Uh, I think you're right. I, I I sort of dumbfound myself why the winning keeps happening. The only thing I'll say is a reminder to Mr. Broadwood that defense wins championships. And if you look at my team, my defense is absolutely loaded. So um, I think that's what's got me through this season. Uh, But uh, I'm very clear. I I don't think I'm winning it, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think I'm winning it. I think I uh, I fancy my chances against you if you beat beat, um, Nick. But I actually think Nick could be the bogey for me. And then, then, you know, the final, Stallions could be waiting. So... uh, I, I, I love conference. I'll, I'll enjoy it while it lasts. Unexpected Cinderella story this season. I'll uh, I'll take it. I mean, I've never heard you being called a Cinderella story before. Jesus, but okay, yeah, no, fair enough. And, fair and enough. Nick, you're fair right. Enough. You know, Nick is yeah, he 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 keeps on dumbfounding the critics. I think it's probably fair to say, and just kind of pulls results out of his arse without actually trying and really infuriating all of us who look at stats every week. But no, you're right. And uh, and we'll kind of come on to that later on. But let's go into the last match, shall we? Because the last match was the important one. It was the ball bags against the Renegades. Pretty much a winner takes all. Um, Lino, you had to beat me by 18 points. If you beat me by 18 points, then you would have got the final playoff place. But it was 206 points to 164 points. Uh, the ball bags ran out victorious by what a good a good forty points. So you were never really in it, mate, were you? Let's be honest. No, when Evan Ingram posts forty odd points, you know you're just doomed, really. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. My, I, I, my my only positive was I was mocked for uh, picking up uh, Cousins as my QB because uh, Jackson was injured and Mariota was on a bye. Uh, so yeah, that was the only the only thing that kept me going was he did okay and got me twenty seven points. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I was really lucky this week. I had Lawrence and I had Ingram, and and you know, 
Lawrence had, you know, his game of the season, and you know Ingram. You didn't Kenny. even play him. You had Kyler Murray. You bet you 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 beat him with with Kyler Murray. Oh yeah, so I did. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And yeah, Kyler yeah, Murray yeah, got yeah, injured yeah, after yeah, uh, two on, minutes. Didn't they? It would have yeah. been even better. I, I think the reality of the story is this you won. You won because you 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 won the trade. You picked up Christian McCaffrey. He scores you thirty points. Yeah. Um, you know, and you've obviously you picked up Jefferson, so your first round pick paid off, and so did Christian McCaffrey. So, forget, forget I mean, Evan Ingram is a, a completely unnatural <laughs> scorer, let's be honest. Yeah, he's not going to get that but, next um, week, but yeah, no. no, no, so yeah, so so absolutely delighted with that, you know, delighted to, to get into the playoffs, uh, even though it has been squeaked in. Um, but you know, it's very important that, that you're there because who knows, you know, the, knows? the run into it. Anything can happen any given Sunday. And speaking of I'm which, much, oh yeah, go yeah. I just got to say, Lionel, it's really impressive that you went from top all the way to bottom in one season. It is really yeah. is quite impressive. Yeah. It, it, it is. Yeah. I I always think a lot hinges around that that first game where I up until <laughs> the thinking, what, Tuesday, Tuesday I went. Tuesday, uh, I was winning until Wednesday afternoon, and then all of a sudden, Matt with one T and Dan with two Ns uh, adjust, adjusted it, and then the team just never recovered from there. It's like, yeah. uh, it's like these shit. when you get a bad VAR decision, you often see teams shell shocked, <laughs> and that's what it felt like. And uh, yeah, uh, and I'm also going to blame the Bruce Hall inju- injury and Drake London not being the uh, next Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, which I'd banked all my. Uh, my uh, bragging rights on, and he was pretty average. Not even that. Jerry, oh, God, don't, don't get me started. Actually, we've just got one last voicemail that's coming from the commercial. Hold on a second. Five years in the league, Lino, and three wooden spoons. Pathetic. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I've got a serious issue with him as commissioner at the moment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and... He, he, he sort of posts. He posts obviously in some of the the Facebook groups trying to get some discussion and do some. I know. Oh, you listen to tight ends podcast, which I kind of get. But we've got a commissioner who's never once bought a trophy, but yet happily forks out for the humiliation wooden spoon. Yep. I've, I've, it's the point. I'm going to have to get a new place to put them. I've got so many. <laughs> um, you know, it's all the effort, but uh, just obviously, uh, uh, I just think we, we need a trophy. That's what we need. And yeah, yeah, well, yeah. you'll never win. What does it matter to you? You're never going to have your hands on it. You're Broadwood Mark Two. You're doomed. Come on, next season. When oh, I'm gone, there's there's always uh, next season. There's always <laughs> next season. Let's just recap to everyone. Well, how many picks have you got? You've got one first round pick and how many second round picks? Three. Uh, I have three second round picks. Yeah. Okay. So just to be clear here, the na- narrative for the whole season is just going to be every time you lose, it's just an embarrassment. Yeah. Pretty much. Like literally, you're going to get smashed. You are basically Broadway Mark Two because it's been he will never win a title for the last ten years. It's now going to be. Lionel threw his chips in for the draft, and if he doesn't deliver well, he's impotent. Yeah, but now I've got the excuse that we're having technology removed from the draft. Because, uh, uh, we, which... we, we, will, we will come on to that. Oh, Don't you no, worry. Yeah. We will come yeah. on to that. <laughs> but anyway, we're into the playoffs now, so let's just have a quick recap of what's going to happen.
So very quickly this week, only two games of note because we're in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, and the first quarter final is going to be between the Byfleet Sharks and the Benali Bobags. And also up are the OBS Wolfpack against the Essex Musketeers. The winner of the Wolfpack Musketeers match will end up playing the Stallions in the semi-final. And the winner of the Sharks Bobags game have the Grizzlies in wait at the semi-final. Uh, let us see what happens now we're entering the proper end of the season. Gents, thank you very much for your recaps as always, and that ends this week's review of the ASFL Fantasy League. Okay, so just a very, very quick AOB this week. So I realise kind of time is now running up against us, but I just kind of wanted to do a very, very quick thing because you know we're at the playoff stage in um, in our fantasy league, and the end of the regular season is is heading that way. So what I was looking for from you guys, and I know I've asked you this already, was not necessarily MVP. Uh, candidates, because like the MVP candidates are always, you know, your your normal guys, your regular guys, your quarterbacks. At the end of the day, who you expect, but the guys who you think you know really deserve a mention as being guys who made a real difference to their team this this year. They're not going to win the MVP because they're not that type of player necessarily. But you know, who's the guys who who you're really kind of impressed with this year? And Barry, we'll start with you because I know you picked this guy around a hula hoop right there, getting to the quarterback. Under Thirty seconds. To- Helps to press the right button, doesn't it? In the hat. Murray in some trouble, and Bosa got him! Fifth sack of the year for Nick Bosa, and a giant sack throwing Arizona out of field goal range. Great look at what they're trying to do. You picked Nick Bosa of the 49ers. I did. I did. I, I, the way I view MVP is if you take that player out of the team, fundamentally they're a completely different unit. And he's a fantastic leader in defense. He's a sack leader. Um, he's second in tackles for loss and then when you look at number one defense San Francisco both in points and yards like for a team that has Jimmy G and then Brock Purdy as your QB and they really in terms of offense they only really took off when CMC really landed before that their their, their average points were quite low so I think you've got to look at the, the defensive impact how much time the San Francisco actually have on the clock because of how oppressive their defense is so he he's my man. The, the, I do have a second choice, but I think the defense deserves some love here. Like the, the the Niners are where they are because of their defense. Yeah, look, I'm not I'm not going to disagree with that. The guys no, the guys are beast. Um, I don't think he'll win Defensive Player of the Year. You know, I think that'll probably go to uh, uh I don't know, maybe uh, uh Micah Parsons, something like that. Um, but but you're right. You know he's he's been he's been at the forefront of the of the 49ers D this year, and and we've talked enough about the 49ers D to know just how bloody amazing they are. Um, Lionel, you went for somebody who is a QB, but probably not going to win anything. Um, but you went for this guy. Rams bring pressure. Smith gets a pocket clean. Open his locket down the sideline inside the ten. Cuts back. Touchdown, oh, oh, Seattle. You went for Geno Smith. I think I might have misunderstood the question. I thought it was, <laughs> it was who do you think was the underdog or best or biggest well, yeah, surprise? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair yeah. enough. Yeah. So, so, so I don't think he's going to win it, but I think he's the one who's proved uh, his, crit- his critics wrong. Uh, 
I first heard of Geno Smith as I saw he was the QB uh, throwing uh, practice um, practice passes to An- Antonio Brown. And I was like, oh, who's that QB throwing it to him? Where did he get him from? Uh, so, yeah, he's um, he's been Russell Wilson's backup for a number of years. And the fact Russell Wilson's doing so badly just uh, indicates, um, yeah, I think he's done extremely well. I assumed Drew Locke was going to get the uh, uh, starting berth. I did actually go see uh, Geno Smith play the 49ers. Obviously, the Nick Bosa effect had a big, yeah. big impact. He wasn't great, but yeah, he's, he's, he's just yeah done remarkably well. Yeah. And he seems... Uh, a nice guy who these teammates have got a lot of respect for. Um, I don't think any of us sure. agree with you on that. No, no, no he has. He's, he's been great. He's been great this year. Really has been. I've gone for kind of someone a little bit maybe off piste as well, but I've I've given the the defense some love as well, Barry. Um, and I've gone for this guy. Taysom Hill into the ball game and the slot to the top of your screen. Don't look that way initially. Then pressure comes and down he goes. Dropped at the 15 by Zadarius Smith. They weren't even sure he was going to be able to go this week battling a knee injury. Not only does he go, he gets his second sack of the year. And they see that on a consistent basis. Yeah, so, so I've gone for Zadarius Smith of the Vikings, right, who yeah, I, I think is a, is a great player. So much has been made of the Vikings, you know, offense this year and Jefferson, you know, we've, we've, we've fawned over for, for, for so long. But the story I love about Zadarius Smith Added to the fact, look, he's in my fantasy team, and uh, you know, so 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 I love him for that. But he was a he was a proper write off. You know, he played for the Packers for so many years and thought he was past his prime. You know, and 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 that was it. He missed pretty much the entirety of last season with an injury, um, and then actually, when the Ravens wanted to sign him in the off season, originally, the doctors wouldn't even sign off the deal. They went, nah, nah, nah. Mm. This this guy, this guy's too injury prone. Um, you know, it's 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 not it's not going to happen. Um, and and what they ended up actually getting him for was you know a, a one year deal for less than seven million dollars. And what he's done in that season has been kind of more than you know you'd ever you'd, you'd ever expect. You know, he had double digit sacks by by midway through the season. You know, God knows how many knockdowns. Um, the Vikings, you know, are obviously doing incredibly well and doing incredibly well in their offense. Their, their defense isn't great, and especially, you know, they've got a limited secondary. I don't think there's any doubt about mm-hmm. that. And the kind of stuff that Zadaria Smith has been doing in the background to build them up, I think has been a not insubstantial part of the reason why they've been such a hit this year. Comeback player of the year, I'll give you that. Comeback, I, I, I just, comeback player that's... of the year was between, between him and Barkley, and Smith, actually, in fairness. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say yeah, the three of them for the story come back. I think they've done. I think they've done a brilliant yeah, job. Nice. nice Any nice. other thoughts? Honorable mention to Mr. Who, Mr. Kelchi. Mr. Kelchi. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the, the Chiefs do not have a, a top thirty running back, and they don't have a top fifty receiver. Like literally, it's him. Yeah. Uh, it's him and Mahomes. So uh, I think honorable mention to that man because he is an absolute legend. And he hit the what the ten thousand. Yards this week, didn't he? Then the the only the fifth tight end to do it, and he's done it in the fastest fastest time yeah, as well. He's got miles so, in the tank. Yeah, there's a mm. lot of miles still in the tank there for Mister Kelchi. Uh, yeah. Good good first pick for you this year, mate. Second pick was it? Well, I thought I thought it was your first pick. It was my first pick in the second round. So yeah, yeah no, that's so what I mean. We'll say that's my I mean, second yeah, first, Yes, yes, your first. Your it's first just pick. you know making sure everyone remembers that. Yeah, but you didn't. That you didn't <laughs> have a first round pick, and you finished top. Blah 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 blah. blah. I love it. Sorry, I've got it. 
Yeah, I'm going right. to lose in the playoffs. I'm, going to, I'm just going to keep milking that for as long as I possibly can. And then next year, I have no excuse. The target it's is it. on Lightning's back. I have no excuse. It's, it, it, it's for the only reason. Season. It's the only reason I'm still on this podcast. So I'll get I'll get invited back <laughs> when you get knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful stuff. On that note, gents, thanks so much for coming. As always, thank you so much for listening, for downloading. You can find us on Acast, on Spotify, and on Apple Podcasts. You can get us on. Uh, social media and all the normal places on Twitter, on uh, Instagram and on Facebook, all of them at Pod, or you can email us at Pod at gmail.com um, To our listener uh, Dog Tanyan, who uh, sent us tweets this week, uh, thanks very much for your feedback and thanks so much for uh, enjoying the pod and I hope you've enjoyed this time and time again Oh, it's Harry Kane cannot answer the call French jubilation The final score in the Albert Stadium. England 1, France 2. And on that point, Lionel, Baz, it's been a pleasure. Thanks very much. We'll see you next week. Good night. See you later, Alligator. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye.